previously on the Skip and Josh Sports Show. You usually do a What Bugs Me at the end of the episode. This is so far beyond what bugs me. It's like what angers me. I'm so furious about this game. Duke, North Carolina, to end the season. I mean, clearly it's like the biggest thing going on in sports tonight. And of course, 20, 30, 30 million people in Canada cannot watch it. You're listening to the Skip and Josh Sports Show. How are you, Skip? Great. How's your week been? Week's been very good, actually. It's uh, it's championship week, as you know, in college basketball. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned to you on our last episode, uh, sometimes championship week is even more exciting than the actual NCAA tourney. Yeah. And this week has not disappointed because there have been tons of upsets. And I'm going to mention a few of them. For example... And I don't know how big of an upset this is, but uh, UCLA lost yesterday to Arizona. I mean, it's not an upset, although UCLA is so highly ranked, you know, nationally. And I really am not high on them at all, like in the tournament. I mean, yeah, of course, they'll win their first couple of games, but they don't play defense, right? And and they come up against a really solid team like Arizona, they're going to get beat, right? A lot of a lot of prognosticators think UCLA can win it all this year. No, I don't. I don't see it. I don't see it. I mean, Lonzo Ball, I mean, he's the darling of everybody and everybody wants UCLA to do well and they're a big story, but I'm not, I'm not sure. Well, they lost by uh, 10 to Arizona who, you know, as far as the PAC 12 goes, they had very similar PAC 12 records, the two teams. Yeah. So I'm not sure if you could even, and, and their overall records are identical. So I'm not even sure you can call it an upset. No, but still most experts were, were high on UCLA, not as high on Arizona. Right. You know, whenever there's a team like UCLA and a player bursts onto the scene like like Lonzo Ball is, like just dominating the media attention and, and you know, he seems like he can win games all on his own. I always think back, I always think back to like uh, back in the day, LSU before Shaq when they had Chris Jackson. I don't know if you remember this guy. Is that Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf? Yes. When he went to the NBA, he changed his name to Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. But this guy could hit threes from anywhere on the floor, like in college basketball. And I remember that first year, that, that year that he was so good, I had LSU winning a whole bunch of games in the tourney. And of course they lost in like the first or second game. And I remember thinking, how come he can't score? How come he can't? I mean, one guy just can't do it at all do it all right you need a complete team and i don't know how how ready ucla is to to win in the tournament well that's the thing you know other coaches have video as well so they yeah. can see they can see what your strengths and weaknesses are right. and they can plan for you know oh we have to play ucla on wednesday or thursday or friday or whenever it is mm-hmm. they can game plan and figure out a way to beat you so this yeah. is what happened to lsu yeah yeah I know the second upset you're going to talk about is Kansas. Well, I, I mean, I didn't know what order I was going to go in, but sure, Kansas lost. So this this is actually a little shocking to me because Kansas has been, in my opinion, the most consistent team all season long. Well, their best player was suspended, right? Josh Jackson, he sat out that, that game. So Yeah, that, that doesn't help, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think they only had three losses all season going into that game. Yeah. And I think only Gonzaga has less losses than that. So I was surprised to see Kansas lost. And funny enough, the same day that Kansas lost, Kansas State actually won, which was 
also an upset. Right. But then Kansas State turned around and um, yesterday lost to uh, West Virginia, which was not an upset, but a close game, 51-50. And as you know, West Virginia doesn't score much, but they play very tight defense. It just goes to show what we've been saying. Anybody can beat anybody. There were other upsets, too, uh, yesterday. Let me, uh, let me go down the list. Sure. Um, Northwestern defeated Maryland, which... <laughs> They're on fire, Northwestern. They are. And I mean, it's okay. I mean, they have similar records, whatever. Maryland's got a bit better record. But Maryland was in the top 25. Northwestern wasn't. Yeah. And Northwestern won. So everyone was saying, again, the experts were saying that Northwestern had to win at least their first game in the uh, in their tourney, in the Big Ten tourney. And now I think they've won two. So looks like regardless of what they do the rest of the way, looks like Northwestern's going to be in the tourney for the first time ever. Congratulations so. to them. It's huge. It's a little too soon to congratulate them, but yes. It's crazy that a school like Northwestern, I know they're not like a dominant school in athletics, and but I mean, that's like the main school of Chicago, right? Like, yeah. So it's pretty crazy that they've never made it. It's like, I, I, I was, I almost didn't believe it when I heard it, but I guess, you know, they get, you know, their players go elsewhere. Uh, another upset yesterday Vanderbilt beat Florida. And the Gators aren't a great team this year by any stretch, but it was an overtime game, and um, Vanderbilt outscored Florida 14-4 in overtime, and they won by 10, and I I don't even know how good Vanderbilt is, but um, they beat a ranked team, so good for them. The Florida, since Billy Donovan left, it's not the same program at all. You know, he brought them to prominence, and now he's in the NBA, and they're just a regular team. But they're still a top 25 team. Yeah, they are. I mean, Florida's always going to attract people. Kids want to go there, right? Going down the list, another upset. Mm -hmm. Michigan, who isn't good this year, defeated Purdue, who some say were the best Big Ten team in the the conference. The Big Ten is like always some kind of mystery, you know? That was was also an overtime game, Uh, Michigan outscoring Purdue 8-4 in overtime. So there, been, there were a lot of close games in this uh, in this championship week, which shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, actually. No, shouldn't be. Because when you play when you play against your own conference, even if you're much better than that team, there tend to be close games. For example, Villanova, who won their game yesterday against Seton Hall, they won 55-53, which is surprising because in Villanova's previous game against, uh, I don't remember who they played, St. John's, I think, they scored over 100 points <laughs> yeah. against St. John's. Yeah. And then they play Seton Hall and they only score 55. So there's a big fluctuation when when it comes to these games. Well, conference games are they will tend to be a little bit of rivalry games. You know your opponent well. They know you well. Everything's tight. So, right. Now, one of the games we didn't talk about yet, um, of course, the Duke-North Carolina game from yesterday, mm-hmm. which you can call that an upset because Duke was not expected to beat them. Yeah. Um, and Duke didn't have a great first half. I want to tell you about my week, my whole week with Duke. It was like a roller coaster ride, right? <laughs> so, first of all, God bless the website, theacc.com. It is a fantastic website, I very mean, underrated. I mean, for us here in Canada, we haven't, there's no, none of these games are televised. Thank God for that website because all the games are on. Not all the regular season games, but all the tournament games are on. So, and I'm surprised that it's not blacked out in this country. I'm really I, surprised. I guess. It, I mean, there's no national broadcaster carrying it, so I don't think they can. Well, I mean, for example, stuff that's on ESPN.com, you can't watch it in Canada. Yeah, that's true. 
And similarly, if you're in the States and you go to tsn.ca, you won't be able to watch anything on tsn.ca if you're in the States or outside of Canada. We'll have to get a lawyer on to explain the, the broadcast rates, but you're right. I, I just I think that it's supposed to be blacked out here. But they just don't know. They just don't know or they don't care. Well, there's probably so few people coming from Canada that it doesn't matter. Right. I guess. I, I mean, I guess. is it really going to hurt that I'm going to see a commercial for the Bojangles fish sandwich? <laughs> that was on quite a bit yesterday. <laughs> it was two commercials, the Bojangles and the New York Life investing or insurance. Right. Yes. With the souffle that just kept yeah, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So ridiculous. So, I mean, my week, I had an extremely busy week of work, but I was able to get the games on my second screen as I while I was working. Um just you know to keep keep tabs on the games and my week started off with me texting you saying after duke was like either tied winning by one or losing by one to clemson mm -hmm. <laughs> saying forget about this duke team they're not winning anything we're not winning this tournament we're not going far in the ncaa this team just doesn't have it yeah you were very you wrote them off quickly i wrote them off so they had a huge second half against clemson won the game then um who did they play the next game louisville I had no expectations for the game against Louisville. I actually thought we were going to get blown out. And again, the second half, we kind of came on strong and then pulled away at the end. And, and that was it, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, great. This is unbelievable. Now we've got uh, North Carolina. They were Duke was losing by 10 points pretty much the whole game. I always think back to the same thing. You know the same thing. College basketball is a game of runs. Yeah. Right? You got to, doesn't matter how much you're winning by or how much you're losing by, you've got to withstand the other team's spurt, and they have to withstand yours, you know? And if you can withstand it, you can hang on. And North Carolina was winning by 10 the whole game, and then Duke finally made their move, and North Carolina had no answer during that during that spurt. And I, I was shocked because finally, after the whole season and into the semifinal of the ACC tournament, we saw finally saw what Harry Giles can do. Because for five minutes of game time, when Emil Jefferson went out with four fouls, I was like, oh, God, Giles is going to have to come in. And, the, and North Carolina was dominating the inside. We had no answer. Offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds. We had no answer to anything inside in, under the basket. Harry Giles came in, grabbed like two huge rebounds, blocked two shots. He just made uh, got a steal on an in like on a on a loose ball. And like right there, I was like, OK, now I see why why this guy was so highly rated just in that five minutes. I saw all the potential that he has. Did you mention the, um, the alley-oop that reminded no. me of Hurley to Hill? Well, Hurley to Hill is still the best alley-oop ever <laughs> just because of the, the, you know, in the, in the championship game, he threw it from half court. It wasn't even accurate. He'll it was grab, a bad pass. He'll grab the ball from the side and slammed it in. It was just, just unbelievable. But you know, finally we got to see what Harry Giles is all about. And Duke's game yesterday is the game that I want to see from them that I think could make them extremely dangerous where the scoring's incredibly balanced, right? Allen catches fire. You know, he's got 18. You know, Kennard can hit shots from everywhere. Tatum can hit shots from everywhere. Jefferson with a couple of post moves, right? So um, Frank Jackson, you know, chipping in. So, like, you see, like, the the the, um, the potential, you know? And, and maybe this is the tournament where, like, they're going to realize how they have to put it all together, right? One, one couple things about yesterday's game. So I, I too was encouraged that uh, when Jefferson was out of the game, 
that's when Duke actually went on their run, which yeah, was surprising. I, me too. I thought this is it. This is where North Carolina is going to take over. But now one happen? thing, one thing you didn't mention, um, one of the North Carolina players, possibly their most important player, Joel Berry. Yeah. He also was in foul trouble and had to sit quite a bit. And that certainly helped Duke a lot. Yeah, it did. Um, but, but this Duke team, as you, as you alluded to, is eight people deep. And I can't recall a Duke team that could go that deep because as you know, Duke tends to use six, maybe seven players. Yeah. And, and now there are actually eight players at least on the roster that you can count on at any time. Yeah. And actually if Chase Jeter wasn't hurt, I think he would get minutes. I don't know why coach K is so like, we've had this conversation. Don't you think like the ninth and 10th guy on Duke is actually good? They probably are. They probably could play a lot more minutes if they were on any, any are on any other team. You know, you see like teams like you're gonna see in the tournament these mid level teams, random teams, you know, that are just that they use like eight, nine, ten guys, and like somehow us who have Duke who has like good players at those eight, nine, ten spots, they don't. He doesn't use them. He likes to have a short bench. I really feel like it's not. It's never. It's not a question of actual depth. It's it's Coach K's preference. I really think. Or or the other the other side of the coin is, um, when when Coach K is out there recruiting. Yeah. He he knows he knows you know before the season starts basically he has a plan like this guy's going to be my starting point guard this yeah. guy's going to be my starting center and so on and so forth so if he goes into someone's home and says look we want you on the team you're probably not going to start you're going to sit on the bench the guy might say you know what, I'd rather go somewhere else and play than sit on your bench. Yeah. And so maybe that that that's a hindrance in trying to get those, those eight, guys. nine, ten guys. Yeah. So you, that's saw, maybe why they... you saw David Robinson was at the game, right? So his son is on Duke. Oh, I didn't even, I missed the first half. I didn't that see that. guy doesn't game. play a minute. <laughs> like, You're right, he doesn't. I don't think he's played a minute all season, to be honest. Maybe, I don't know. I haven't heard the name. Yeah, so. Well, anyways, I'm looking forward to the championship game tonight against Notre Dame. Um, it's always a fun game against Notre Dame. They're well coached. They they um, they tend to you know spread the floor, hit shots from everywhere. So Mike should, Bray should is their good. head coach, I think. Yeah, he's a good coach. They 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 they're always tough. They play tough. I mean, remember a couple of years ago they almost beat Kentucky here by one point, and so like they're they're always tough, and so it should be a fun game. Looking forward to it. I said to you, I said to you before the Duke game yesterday. I said, you know. This is actually a meaningless game for Duke because had they lost, they would have lost to North Carolina. It wouldn't have really knocked them down at all if you're losing to, in theory, one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. Um, and so I wasn't really concerned. And I would all, I was almost, and, and I mean, I, I'm afraid to even say this on the air, but I was almost kind of hoping that Duke would lose only because now it means they have to play a fourth game in four days yeah. and they're still not completely healthy. Allen didn't start yesterday and Jefferson did start, but I'm sure he's not a hundred percent and it's like just more wear and tear on the players. So I don't think um, in the history of the ACC tourney and someone can look this up and tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that a team who has had to play four games in four days has ever won the tourney. I think it's always been a team that got that double buy sort of thing mm -hmm. that only had to play on well, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's a fairly new format, so you're probably right. It's probably never happened. 
you know, I just, I don't know. Normally these guys only play two games a week and this week they've already played three games in three days. This is going to be their fourth game in four days. And then they're going to have to turn around and possibly play on Thursday or maybe Friday. Friday. I'm not sure uh, when Duke's first game is going to be yet. So, I mean, it could, it could come back to haunt Duke. Do you think that Duke could go up as high as like a number two seed if they win the ACC tournament? Well, according to Joe Lenardi, as of today, he does his bracketology every single day. Right. I know you Duke follow had, Yeah. Duke has moved up to number two now. Like a two seed. Yeah. A two seed. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Good. So, I mean, and it all depends uh, what happens, I guess, against Notre Dame. Notre Dame is currently a four seed. Right. Uh, so Notre Dame could move up if they defeat Duke. There is an advantage. There's a definite advantage to being like a one or a two seed in the tournament because that second game should be should be easier. But you know, like like we've seen before, Duke lost the Lehigh's before. So right, and I think the year that Duke lost to Lehigh and the year that Duke lost to um, Mercer, yeah. I think Duke was a four seed those years. I agree. Yeah, and someone could. You know, again, correct me if I'm wrong. So definitely being a two or a three is, is a bit better than a four. Yeah. Although, I mean, the one you don't want to be, you definitely don't want to be a five. That's the worst because you have to play the 12 and that's upset special. Right. The five twelve um, is deadly, right? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm not, I don't even care. Like their Duke's not going to be a one. Even if they win the ACC tourney, I would be shocked if they're a number one seat. Right. Right. Um, although if you look at it, two of the four number one seeds Kansas lost and North Carolina lost. So if they're still number one seeds when it's all said and done, that tells me that the the postseason tournaments, the postseason conference tournaments don't mean that much. Right. Plus UCLA lost and they were ranked in the top four. Right. So, I mean, there's really not much of a difference between the one seeds and the two seeds, in my opinion. Right. Right. So. Anyway, so it'll be great. Uh, We're going to have another episode coming out this week dedicated completely to March Madness where we're going to basically do our brackets and have some guests to do their brackets. So that should be exciting. By the way, uh, the listeners don't realize this, but Duke winning yesterday almost caused a major conflict for you because Duke's playing tonight at 9 and um, the Montreal Impact have their home opener t- tonight at seven. Yeah, okay. And I know how important that is to you. I do follow the MLS. I am a big soccer guy, but I mean, I'm not gonna really follow and start watching MLS until you know other sports are over. You know, when when hockey, it's such a long season. The MLS season. Like, it just ended like a week ago. Yeah, think, didn't it? yeah. Well, I mean, it ended when we started doing this podcast. So ended in November or December. Exactly, exactly. And then they're starting again. I don't get it. So every year it's like that. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not really gonna start, you know, paying attention that much to it until you know much, much further into the season. Although I do watch English Premier League soccer, you know, every weekend. So of course you do. <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> Hi there, Skip and Josh will be right back. To get in touch with them, you can send them an email to skipandjoshshow at gmail.com. You can follow them on Twitter at skipandjosh, and you can visit their website at www.skipandjosh.com. And now, back to the show. So, I want to talk a little bit about the World Baseball Classic. I know you laughed at me last time I mentioned this. I'm going to um, try to stay I, quiet to try not to insult you, but I mean, it's, and there's it's, maybe, it's ridiculous. It's just so ridiculous. The whole thing is so stupid, honestly. There, there's there nobody watching. You see the highlights. There's nobody there. The teams actually, are, that's not true. There's there's lots of people in the stands. If you see the highlights at the games that there, there are people 
there in person. Now, whether there are a lot of people watching on television or not, I don't know. Oh, well, I mean, but in the stands, there's a bunch of people, especially um, at the games in uh, in Florida. Right, at the games in Florida. But there's games that are not in Florida where I saw the stadium's completely empty. Well, like the games in Japan had a lot of people. Well, that's Japan, yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess, look, they wouldn't do it if they're not making money. You know, like the cardinal rule is like they, they're only going to do it if it's there's some advantage. But Right. Well, I don't know if they're making money or losing money. Um, and I also know that. But they're just the... glorified spring training games. Like, I don't know. Of... It's so ridiculous to like say, oh, we're going to win the World Baseball Classic. Great. Okay. You know, you use the fifth starter and you pitch three innings because he's on a pitch count. And like, it's the whole thing is just, I don't get it, you know? Well, I, I still, I, I'm still interested in it. Uh, unfortunately, Canada lost their first game; they got destroyed, and Canada doesn't have a good roster. Isn't Larry Walker the manager of Canada? Ernie Witt. Ernie Witt. Yes. Guy's not even Canadian. Ernie Witt has been uh, the manager for for a, a few time. years, actually, and and also manages the Canadian team at the Pan Am Games, which, interestingly enough, Canada does really well in baseball at the Pan Am Games. But I did want to talk about uh, the Israeli team. Because oh, you mean the American Jewish team? Correct. Yeah. So, so for those who don't know, um, the Israeli the Israeli team was ranked, I think, forty first in the entire world, and they were lucky to even get into this tournament. I don't think they have been in it before. Yeah. Um. So, so they got into the tournament, and they were expected to lose all three of their games, and somehow they've won all three of their games. Now, there's a rule in case uh, you're not aware. That you don't actually have to be from Israel or born in Israel or live in Israel to play on the Israeli team. All you have to do is one of your grandparents or both of your grandparents have to be Jewish. And so, um, therefore, the Israeli team is made up of all Americans who are Jewish, who have had a cup of coffee in the uh, in the majors at some point or Well, another. no, only like seven or eight actually are major leaguers. The rest are just minor leaguers, I think. Actually, none of them are major leaguers now. Oh, no, former, show. former, yeah. Former like Jason Marquis, Sam Fold. Well, no, Ike Davis, isn't he in the MLB? I don't think he is right now. I think he's a free agent as we speak. Okay. Now, I, speaking of Ike Davis, I think he actually hit over 30 homers a few seasons ago. He's good. When I saw him, I'm like, that guy's legit. He's not. He's, um, not, he's no joke. But the rest are like, I mean, Jason Marquis, I mean, like that's their best pitcher. I mean, the team could have had Ian Kinsler and Jock Peterson and Kevin Pillar. Yeah. But... Uh, Kinsler and Peterson elected to play for Team USA. Right. And I don't think Pilar's playing for any of the countries. But it's just very interesting the, the way they were able to, you know, scrounge up enough guys. And then this team goes and wins three games and they advance to the next round. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know how well they're going to do in the next round. Uh, they shouldn't have even gotten this far. So it's a pretty big deal. But you know what I like about this tournament is for guys like that are on Team Israel or guys that are on Team Canada, for example and they're not on major league rosters, this gives them an opportunity to showcase themselves, and maybe and maybe by the end of the month, um, a major league team will offer them a tryout. You never know. So it That's could true. end up being a good thing for these players. I mean, I guess MLB looks at the tournament as um, kind of like promoting the game into some countries where maybe it's not as popular, right? So, you know, I'm sure right now in Israel, everyone's in a fervor, right, over baseball. So maybe some kids are going to start playing baseball, right? That's, Who knows? that's the goal, I guess. But. There was actually in Israel for one season, uh, the Israeli Baseball League, which it lasted one season and then folded. Huh. Um, so clearly there wasn't that much interest because right. it would have it would have lasted a little longer. Right. Um, 
But anyway, speaking of Israel, so they've advanced to the next round, and now in their pool, uh, two teams from each pool advance to the next round. So Israel and the Netherlands uh, advance to the next round in Pool E, and they are going. Those two teams are going to have to play against um, Japan and Cuba. Okay. So it's getting tougher and tougher, obviously. Uh, the pool that Canada's in with uh, the Dominicans, USA, and Colombia. Canada's in last place right now, zero and one. Well, they have no tr- they have no hope of advancing because USA and Dominican are the two best teams. Right, and they're both one and zero. Yeah, no, I mean they're so, the two best teams in the whole thing, right? Like, well, the Dominicans, yes, I don't know about USA. USA's never won this tournament. Funny enough, you would think that there'd be a million players to choose from. Yeah, because no one, they don't go. The players, the whole thing is ridiculous. It is a bit ridiculous, but I still think. The tournament should happen. I mean, it's once every four years. It's not such a big deal. It's like the World Cup of Hockey. It's worse you know, than the World Cup of Hockey, I think. It is worse than the World But some some teams don't like it because it's during spring training and you're trying to get your players ready for the season. But there is no better time to do it. Like, you don't want to do it in the middle of the season and take a break. No. You don't want to do it at the end of after the World Series because at that point, no one cares anymore and there's too many guys who are injured. So really, this is the best time of the year to do it. And... What's the difference between if, if a player is trying to get ready, like Marcus Stroman on the Blue Jays, who's playing for Team USA? What's the difference if he throws a bunch of innings for the Jays or he throws a bunch of innings for Team USA? He's still getting his arm ready. There's no difference. But let me tell you what they could do. Okay. Not have the tournament. <laughs> you're so you're negative Nelly today. <laughs> Look, First, you're telling me that Duke has no chance of winning. Now yeah. you're telling me this baseball classic shouldn't happen. Look, of course they could have the tournament. I couldn't care less. But like literally, I have not watched. I have not watched for one second. And the only reason why I know about Team Israel is because it's all over my Facebook feed. <laughs> well, anyway, we'll see what happens in the next round. Maybe we'll talk about it on our next episode. Maybe we won't. All right, cool. The Skip and Josh Sports Show is back. Do you want to talk about um, some NFL free agency? I had a few things I wanted to talk about. We can talk about it, but it sort of relates to what bugs me. But go ahead and you talk about whatever you want to talk about, and I'll do the what bugs me later. So, I mean, there's been a million deals this week, you know, like the last two days. So, like, I'm not going to go over all of them. There's three that I kind of wanted to – three situations that I just wanted to talk about because, you know, they're a little bit interesting. So, the New England Patriots got Brandon Cooks from the Saints (laughs) – in a kind of complicated trade, which involved, you know, trading draft picks and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So it always amazes me, like, teams like the Patriots, right? The rich get richer, you know? like. Yeah, I, I mean, I, why would uh, why would the Saints make that trade? I don't quite get it. I think he he's going to start making too much money. And they, they kind of said, you know, if they get their price, which was going to be, like, the right draft pick, then they were going to do it. Which too is, much money. No team, no team in the NFL should be having a fire sale because they can't afford to keep a player because these teams, you even said it to me once. They can make even if Even if no one comes to their games, they still have a truckload, a boatload of money. But, to it's, but it's to be able to make the right team in under the salary cap, right? So you try to balance out how much money certain positions are going to make and you try to get like the maximize the value of the player. But I mean, I still think Brandon Cooks is a game breaker. And certainly with on the Patriots with Brady, like it's like think about how they think about them, the Patriots winning the Super Bowl with Danny Amendola and Edelman. I mean, like, yeah, Edelman's great, but like these are not like they, they have like a ragtag group of receivers right now. Yeah, now yeah. they have like a guy who who's like 
thousand yards every year. You know, this guy's like uh, he's a mega deep threat. So, yeah. Anyway, pencil them in to win their division again. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Redskins are kind of the right now the joke of the offseason. Oh, G- my God. I mean, <laughs> their GM is like missing an action. You're being too kind when you call them a joke. Yeah, they, they, he was missing an action. No one knew where he was. And the, the team was like quiet about it. Everyone thinks, you know, he's had a bout of alcoholism, which is obviously not a laughing matter. And but anyways, like I think yesterday they fired him. So the and the thing with and, their- didn't, and didn't do it with class either. No, no. I mean, the Redskins, they lost their top two receivers, uh, Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon. Pete Waiter. Pete Waiter, which is the two weirdest things, right? Like, not weirdest things, but interesting things. In our house, we all, we had, Matthew had huge, huge expectations that Deshaun Jackson was going to sign with the Eagles. Mm. <laughs> and apparently they were interested, but in the end, um, Tampa gave him much more money. Mm-hmm. So obviously money talks. So good for Deshaun Jackson. I mean, look, he's been in the league for 10 years already. So he doesn't have a lot of opportunities to get like another big contract, right? He's not the hardest working player in the league. No, certainly not. He has but so much talent, but he he takes plays off. In he, fact, I think he actually takes more plays off than he actually tries. <laughs> you may be right about that, but he does have one singular talent in that he's even at, at his age and his size, he might be the best deep threat in the league still. Okay. Right? No one catches the deep ball better than him. Uh, so he's going to team up with Mike Evans on Tampa. And I mean, Tampa right now is going to be the darling pick, you know, this year. I mean, everyone's going to pick Tampa as the hot team to watch. Uh, Pierre Garçon, I completely don't understand it. He signed with the 49ers, who are a complete joke of a franchise. Um, but again, money talks. So they probably offered him a boatload of money and he took it. He's so, an underrated player. He's good. Very underrated player. So, but the thing is, they have no quarterback. <laughs> right, right now you know Kaepernick's not coming back they've released him they signed Brian Hoyer this week who actually I think is going to be their starter this year so the 49ers are in a rebuild so I don't know if, I guess Pierre Garçon at this point in his career is interested in the money more than in the winning also I mean it's a nicer city to live in right no it's I don't know his family situation maybe he wanted to be there or what but I mean you know I mean, you're not when you're signing with the 49ers like for next year. You know you're not winning, so you know that. It's it's not. That's a, okay because he wasn't going to win on the Redskins either. No, and of course the Redskins. You know, um, Kirk Cousins saw accepted the franchise tag, so he's going to make like almost 24 million this year. But again, for one year, so they'll go through the whole thing again next year with Kirk Cousins and see they'll he'll he's going to still try to prove himself this year. But now he has no receivers, right? I don't so, know if you heard he has to be traded. Well, I mean, but he, but he accepted the franchise tag, so no one's. He accepted the franchise tag and 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 then asked to be traded immediately right thereafter. But are they going to do that? Like, is well, that... from what I understand, um, they if they don't trade him uh, by draft day, yeah, then they could get screwed because what's going to happen is after this season is done, yeah. they can't franchise him again, right? And he's going to walk away. Well, he he'd walk away, and then the, the Redskins would get um, whoever who no, they'd get a third round pick. Oh, they get like a compensatory pick, right? Right, a third round pick. So you would think that by trading him before, you could do better than getting a third round pick. Yeah, but if you wait till after the draft, you're basically screwed. But a, the, whatever team they trade him to has to absorb that twenty four million. 
I'm, they can, I think they can negotiate with him. In fact, before the trade is made, the team's going to ask for permission to talk to oh, him. Oh, and he's going to, they're going to, okay, got it. Yeah, okay, so, so there's a good so, chance because there's teams looking for quarterbacks. Although, you know, Tony Romo's out there too, right? So, but yeah, there, I mean, but there are teams that think of themselves as contenders like Denver, you know, that, that need a quarterback, right? Yeah, there's tons of teams that need a quarterback, in, including the Redskins. So, like, this is what I don't understand. You, even if you trade him, and yes, there are teams that would take him. Who's going to play? What are you going to get back? Yeah, who's going to be your quarterback? That's yeah, a joke. Col- Redskins. <laughs> Red, yeah, that's who they have. Redskins are a bit of a joke. And actually, they signed Terrell Pryor as a receiver, like, to replace uh, their two receivers. So I don't know if you know who Terrell Pryor is. Oh, from, from the Browns. Yeah, but he was a quarterback, right, that they've converted to a receiver. He um, did play a, a few snaps at QB this yeah. past season. He's, but he's, he's great. Not, he's I, not an NFL quarterback. No, but I think he he's just learning how to be a receiver. I think he, he could really be an impact player as a receiver, but... We'll see. I mean, he's, he's going to have to throw to himself. <laughs> well, if Kirk Cousins isn't there. <laughs> right. And then the huge move this week was Brock Osweiler. <laughs> I was laughing about this. So he got traded to Cleveland. Actually, the NFL had to investigate whether the trade was legal because apparently there was basically just money changing hands. But they said salary cap money doesn't count. There's actually they're not paying. They're just they're just Cleveland has so much money under the cap that they they, they can absorb taking Osweiler and getting a whole bunch of picks, right? Like the Cleveland's getting Cleveland's got a stockpile of picks. So this is their chance. I, I didn't, when I heard this at first, I didn't quite understand it. Cause why would Cleveland want Brock Osweiler? Well, they know they're not going anywhere this year or next year. So mm-hmm. it's like a major rebuild. They're going to, they have so many first and second round picks the next two years that Osweiler is basically going to be like a placeholder. They'll keep him around for one or two years, and then he's gone. And hopefully by then, they'll have all their young players in place. I heard they might even cut him, like, today. Well, it's crazy. I mean, how much money do they owe him, though? Like, I don't know what his guaranteed money situation is. And I don't know. Does it, is it Cleveland that has to pay him, or is it Houston that has to pay him? It's part so of it? complicated in that Houston's still absorbing part of the salary. And I, honestly, I don't know. But there's a, there's a fake – there's a Twitter account out there called Not Sports Center. Okay, <laughs> and the logo looks just like Sports Center, so it sucks people in sometimes. And uh, they're right away. They're like the the tweet was Brock Osweiler traded to Browns, announces retirement from NFL. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so it was really funny. I mean, the, the, Brock Osweiler, like it reminds me so much. There's there so many situations in in professional sports that happen like this. It's like it's not his fault that they gave him so much money. No, it's not. Right? He is a mediocre NFL quarterback at best, right? Yeah. He, he's a project. You know, he's six foot six, six foot seven, whatever height he is. He was the he was, you know, he he has potential, but he's he's not even ready to be a starter in the NFL. Maybe he could be. And all of a sudden Houston gave him so much money. But that's not his fault. So same thing same thing happened to that Green Bay quarterback, Matt Flynn, who had was it one good game with the Packers? Yeah, he had like a four hundred he had like a four hundred yard five four or five T D game. Everybody got excited. He got a huge contract with I think oh he got a huge contract with Seattle. Yeah. And then Russell Wilson ended up beating him out for the job. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and now he's and, bounced around. I don't even know if he might still be in the NFL. Backup quarterbacks and third string quarterbacks they they can last forever. And and another example is Matt Castle who had a good season for huge. New England when um when Brady was injured. Yeah. And now Matt Castle's on his 7th team or 8th team or who knows what. I don't even I lost count. Yeah. And Jimmy Garoppolo will be the next one. We'll see if he's for real or not. Well, he might stay with New England. He might not go anywhere. Yeah. Well, apparently his Twitter account got hacked yesterday or two days ago. Did you see this? I heard it got hacked, but I didn't see what <laughs> he, he There was, was a tweet saying, so long, New England. It was nice knowing you. <laughs> 
And then they asked him about it. His agents like, we never said that. He's not going anywhere. He was hacked. But who knows if it's true or not? I don't know. It's it's how how do these how do these Twitter accounts get hacked? So I don't often? know. I don't know. It's all nonsense. Yeah. All right. So that's my uh, free agent recap. So it leads to what bugs me. So thank you for bringing it up. You kidding me, boy? Are you bugging me, man? I'm gonna when I get I'm gonna nail. Ooh, I'm, I'm getting bugged now. Whoa, man. It's it's a silly thing, and then let me try to explain it. I know. So, before I before we went on started recording, I said you have a what bugs me, and you're like, yeah, I have one, but I don't know if I'm gonna be able to explain it. <laughs> okay, so let me try. So you know, you watch uh, on any sports channel, you got the ticker going on the bottom, and it says, you know, report says this guy is retiring, or yeah. report says this guy's going to be traded, or report says this guy's going to sign with this team, or whatever it says. Um, so the thing is, for example, free agency opened, I think, on, was it Wednesday in the NFL? There's some kind of weird, like, tampering period. But it was it was on Thursday at, like, a certain time it was officially open. But the thing is, you find out way before where everyone's going. Well, that's the thing. This is what bugs me. So yeah. it opens on Thursday. But as of Monday morning, you're hearing all these reports, you yeah. know, Pierre Garçon to go here, Deshaun Jackson to go there. And most so of them are so true. Forth. Most of them come true, right? Like, Whether it's true legit. or not, that's not the part that bugs me. The part that bugs me is, so you'll see it on the ticker on Monday, and then you'll see it on the ticker again on Tuesday, and then you'll see it on the ticker again on Wednesday, and then it only actually happens on Thursday. So then basically... All the sports channels, whether it's television or radio or internet or whatever, they're talking about the same story four or five days in a row. But that's what happens in this day and age with so many 24-hour sports channels. They need something to talk about. So but so they're talking about Pierre Gasson on Monday, then they're talking about it on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday. Like, why don't you just talk about it when it actually happens yeah, rather because... than speculate about it for four days and then talk about it again on the fifth? It's because they need stuff to talk about. It's incredible. It's so frustrating to me. It's so annoying to me. It is. It is a bit. Fr it is frustrating when you start hearing like all the, the insiders saying this guy's going to go here and this guy is going to go there. And because a lot of them really come true. So you believe it. But then there are some that don't, you know, like. Like I was sure Deshaun Jackson was going to go to the Eagles, you know. Apparently, Adrian Peterson was going to sign with this with the Patriots. That that hasn't happened yet, you know. So when I hear about it four days in advance, I yeah. mean, I don't know that it's four days in advance. But when I hear about you it, think on it's Monday, legit, right? I think I don't. Not only do I think it's legit, I think it's a done deal. So yeah. when it actually happens, when it's actually a done deal on Thursday, and then they talk about it, I say to myself, "Wait a minute, this is old news. It happened on Monday already. Why are you telling me now?" And then I find out it didn't happen on Monday. It only happened on Thursday, but it was just speculation on Monday. But they made it seem like it was a done deal on Monday. The weirdest thing of, of this type of situation actually happened during the NFL season this year in mm -hmm. that we get we get like the Rams are pathetic. Everyone wants Jeff Fisher to get fired. And then we hear we hear um, they sign him to an extension. Right. Then a week later, he's fired. And then you right. hear, oh, yeah, he signed that extension five months ago we're just tell we just announced it now right like i was like a, what that is, is this a, that is a good example <laughs> that's like the classic like what the hell <laughs> that was a what bugs me i guess my point is if you have something on the ticker on tsn or sportsnet or espn or whatever network you want to talk about yeah leave it there for 24 hours and then take it off don't leave it there for 72 hours or more remember your old saying whatever you're gonna do do it yeah that's from a movie. I forget which movie it's from. Me too. <laughs> it was from the X-Files movie. 
No, because no, I didn't see the X Files. But movie. it's from the X Files movie. But you didn't see it. But you saw the preview six hundred times. <laughs> oh, okay. That's Back possible. in the nineties, they kept that's showing possible. like whatever you're gonna do, do it. All right. So um, just want to remind everybody: next episode is gonna be the complete March Madness bonanza extravaganza. We're gonna have all our experts on, and they're going to make all their picks. Experts then, is like in quotations. Exactly. Yeah. And then, um, and their picks will be posted online. Um, yeah. So that you can go take a look at them afterwards. I'm gonna uh, post the link to our March Madness pool. We'll invite everybody to join. So yeah. everybody wants the brackets out. Um, you can go there, click on the link. You'll have to sign up. I, I believe it's like a CBS Sportsline website, right? Yeah, it's just called CBS Sports now. Yeah. So you'll have to sign up, and then once you sign up, you can join our group, and then uh, we'll keep tabs on the group and see who's uh, who's going to come out on top. Just and, to clarify, it's yeah. it's free to enter. Yeah, great. And there is no prize money. No, but we'll get some prizes from the prize closet. Yeah, you know, like an old eraser from when I was in grade six. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you can never have too much erasers. No, you can't. All right, and then reminding everybody to drop us a like on iTunes, give us a review. And keep the downloads coming. Do you have any shout-outs this week? I don't have any, actually, this week. So uh, we'll speak to you uh, in a few days when we get the March Madness going. The pairings come out tomorrow, the brackets. Yeah. On on CBS at 5.30, the, the show starts. And uh, it should be exciting to see who's playing who and where they're playing. Yeah, can't wait. Okay. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Bye. The Skip and Josh Sports Show is over now. Don't worry, there'll be another episode soon.